0: Three, two, one. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Creative Writing Life Podcast. I'm Justin Sloan,
1: and I'm Paul Zeidman. I'm happy to introduce our special guest, uh, B. Ben Earl, uh, writer, filmmaker. Oh my goodness, he's so, he wears so many hats. Uh, ben, thank you for being on the show today.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm always excited to uh, to talk about cool stuff, and 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 what a day it is. Our, our Daredevil and Echo series. Wraps the conclusion drops today, so I'm really happy to be here, and uh, you know it's a nice little little moment to to say goodbye to a series that we wrote and be able to talk about it here with you guys on this.
0: Podcast. Fantastic! So, yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's why we wanted to bring you on. We're excited. We've had you on before, but back then it was talking about other stuff, and so now let's focus more on the comic side of who you are, which you know, as you just mentioned, you've been accomplishing some really cool stuff lately. So. Uh, we'll dive in shortly, but first, we always do like a, what are you reading or listening to or whatever? And so uh, I will start with that. Let me look up the exact title so that I, I have it here, which is I've finally been reading the the Ronin uh, comic, the Ninja Turtles one, you know what I'm talking about?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, The last Ronin. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the last Ronin. Uh, and that's awesome. And the game, they're making a game out of it. So that's going to be exciting. And so uh, I'm very much, as a gamer, looking forward to seeing how that turns out.
1: Okay. Uh, Well, as I was saying before we started recording, I just got back from dropping our daughter off at school. So really didn't have a chance to watch much, but uh, there is a show on Max that I've been enjoying. It's called My Adventures with Superman. It's an anime style uh, reinterpretation. Uh, It's kind of like, you know, Clark Kent, Lois Lane. They're both interns at and Jimmy Olsen. They're all interns at the Daily Planet. And he's just kind of learning about how to be Superman. It's it's fun. And, you know, it's very lighthearted, but uh, I think they're doing a great job with it. So I think they're it's still the first season they're probably like what six seven episodes in so you know if you enjoy superman you enjoy anime you can't go wrong with this one
2: nice well uh i don't know i i i would rather talk about like i've been on a cronenberg kick (laughs) like i feel like videodrome and those sorts like that's where my head's been so i haven't really been reading a lot of comics at the moment um other than you know sort of just some stuff for research but um but yeah, what have I been watching? I just watched uh, uh, Videodrome, Man Bites Dog, and uh, Naked Lunch. So that's kind of what's been in my sort of brain house.
1: <laughs> and a, a nice so, wide variety of films right there.
2: Yeah. It's some some really weird, artsy uh, film school stuff. Can <laughs> we curse on you now? <laughs> Try to keep it PG. Sure. Um, stuff. I think stuff is good. So yeah. So I, I'm, yeah. On a, on an old school film, film Very ride. Cool.
1: Very cool. So Ben, let's, okay. So it's all about the comics today. So yeah. like, tell us like, how did you get into it? Because I mean, a lot of writers want to get into comics and they all think, well, I, you know, I need to have an artist or, I, or like, how is it different from, you know, writing a, a book or writing a screenplay? So, you know, kind of like Tychus, like how did you get started and kind of like how did you develop some of the projects you worked on and you were also you also mentioned daredevil echo like how did that one come about
2: well i mean let's go back to kind of the beginning of it all right i think as people say in hollywood right it's not what you know sometimes it's who you know um but you have to know so you, it, the, the marriage of both you know what do they say luck is is timing and, and opportunity um and, and I think that was really what it came down to I had started I got into comics actually through film I mean I had I was a huge comic book kid I mean I've always been in comics has been such a big part of my life I love the format I love you know the the sequential art storytelling where that exists in 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 no other you know film is very different because of of the persistence of, of vision right like comics you can do so much different new stuff so I I worked in a documentary on comic books uh, in the early two thousands that uh, got into Comic Con as a an official film selection um, called "Sex, Lies, and Superheroes." And for me, it was like a dream come true. I got to interview all of my favorite, you know, uh, comic book artists and writers. I mean, from John Byrne and Neil Gaiman, you know, who obviously is also a prose writer, but uh, is is a balance between the worlds. And and Frank Miller, Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, Amanda Connor. I mean, it was an incredible opportunity that that got me thrust right into the world of comic books, but from the film side. Uh, and then in in that, I ended up meeting a, a good friend of mine now, Jim Krueger, who uh, was at Comic Con in uh, I think it's 2002. And Jim and I just you know became friends. I ended up moving to Los Angeles, and I said I really want to start up a community about you know bringing my friends in film. And my friends in comics together, and this was in two thousand eight. I was watching, you know, this sort of bubbling of comic book IP becoming this thing in Hollywood. But unfortunately, nobody really understood the the medium of comics, um, you know, as it was. Everybody, oh, it's a storyboard, and I'm like, no, no, it's not. Please meet real comic book artists and writers and have a better understanding of what that means. Um, and then that grew into a much bigger thing that. Started throwing these parties at Titmouse Animation Studios, ended up at Comic-Con with a panel, doing panels at Long Beach Comic-Con and what now is LA Comic-Con, uh, having booths, like really building community around comics uh, and storytelling in general. I mean, animation, video games, you know, having folks from, from uh, everything from Bl- Blizzard coming to the parties, uh, you know, DC uh, agents and managers from CAA to Gotham. Um, I mean, it was a really incredible uh, event, and you know, I never really thought anything other of it, other than I was connecting people in, you know, the arts together to have a better understanding through like genuine connection, through friendships and community. Um, but you know, as it were, uh, that became the opportunity that I was able to utilize when I got introduced to Will I Am. And I know it's like, this is not a traditional path to how do you write comics? Like, (laughs) well, first you must make a massive community in Hollywood that has real great traction and gets, you know, like, it's, it, this is not a paint by numbers how to write comics sort of thing. but I, I would love to like backtrack on sort of what what I see you know happening in, in the future. But just on my journey alone then was able to uh, connect with Will I am. will said, hey, I've got this, this, this story, this film, this screenplay uh, that I would really love to turn into a graphic novel. Um, would you be able well first, you know, do you like this story? And I, I read it and I said, look, there's some incredible bones here. I think we could do something really special um so you know then he and I met up and talked about it and ultimately I got a budget I hired a team uh and that became Masters of the Sun that's a whole story unto itself about how it got published by Marvel how I ended up you know signing my comic for Stan Lee in the back you know <laughs> the, the sort of dark alleys of comic cons uh <laughs> behind the uh the, the 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 room sort of thing that was that was the whole story unto itself. But you know, that birthed a journey that I'm on now where when I was at Comic Con twenty seventeen with the black eyed peas, you know, we were the official Marvel party. Our book was, you know, the black eyed peas performed. It was an I mean how to launch a comic, you know, like, I was like, okay, check. Like, this is not your typical comic book release party. Uh, um, you know, it was an amazing, amazing first sort of step out. And I said, if I never write another comic, I, I can say I did it. Right. And I had no expectations. I wasn't chasing writing comics after that. But what happened was Taboo and I rela- uh, connected up and Tab, you know, always wanted to do something with Red Wolf. And while he was in New York, he did a uh, podcast with Joe Quesada. Uh He said to Joe and, and Tab and I had just partnered up to to develop uh, storytelling for Native and Indigenous um, in animation uh, at the time. And we we're looking, you know, comics was something we always talked about, but we didn't really have a plan for it. Um, but Joe said, look, let me let me introduce you over here to Tom Brevert uh and the marvel team and maybe something can happen turns out we then ended up doing the marvel 1000 a one page of red wolf uh and okay cool oh my goodness marvel 1000 like check okay if i never write another comic again cool three months later we get a call from the editor uh, jake thomas uh and jake says hey do you guys want to do a werewolf by night series brand new character you get to make up werewolf by night native american character uh and you get four issues to tell the story." And we want Red Wolf in it, and blah blah blah. I was like, "Wow, cool, okay." So pen that. uh, But of course, the pandemic hit in the middle of it, and we got furloughed. And it was like, we don't know if this book. There's a lot of books getting canceled. We don't know if this is one of those. Like, it's a it's a smaller title. We don't know if you know it's going to go. But ultimately, it did, and they uh, they gave us that series, and that came out and did relatively well for being a you know kind of dusted off older series that you know didn't have the original character in it. I mean, it was pretty much all brand new characters other than Red Wolf, right? So uh, that started that journey of, okay, we get a phone call, CB's like, hey, do you guys wanna do something with Kashala?" Sure, why not? Of course we're never gonna say no. So basically it's literally been Marvel saying, hey, do you wanna do this? And us saying yes. Um, Spider-Man was an interesting one because it was like, hey, we want you to do a bigger title. We really love what you're doing right now. and Tab and I were like, "Hey, it would be really cool to do like a Miles Morales story." Uh, ultimately, that didn't pan out because there was just a lot of things happening in the Marvel Universe at the time. So, and, and it was also like, "Okay, Peter Parker, New York. Let's bring Peter Parker to L.A. Let's do it in Pasadena. That's where Taboo's from. I'm in Toluca. You know, I'm like nearby. Like, so it was like, let's make an L.A. story, right? And uh, and that gave us our Peter Parker, Deadly Spider-Man story." Um, so we have the deadly neighborhood. Spider-Man got to introduce a brand new spider character, Dream Spider. Um, and in the midst of that, our editor on the book, or one of our editors, Nick Lowe and 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 Devin Lewis. Devin, you know, gives a call and I, Devin says, "Hey Ben, you know, we're, we want to do another book with you guys. And uh, we got a we got a character. We're gonna give you Daredevil. You and Tab are gonna get Daredevil. And we want to do an Echo Daredevil story. Uh, what do you got? We need a new monster. Like that was pretty much the." <laughs> <laughs> the, the the parameters. Um, and I was like, man, I really want to tell a story of, like, what if hell was under Hell's Kitchen, but I really want to weave in. Like, I just had been watching. I was, like, really in this whole, like, Gangs of New York, like, old New York phase of, you know, it, it, how can I tie history? And from hell, I was just feeling very gothic, you know. Um, so, I, you know, Tab and I, the way we work, you know, I kind of throw them ideas. We ping pong back and forth. I pitch it out and then it's like, all right, now we're feeling like this is cool. Let's run, um, pitch it to our editors. They loved it. And uh, now you have the final conclusion of the Daredevil Echo series that uh, comes out today. Well, wow, so there you go. Good. That's the journey.
1: That's great. I was going to say, it's not your typical uh, you know, co- comic book fanboy journey. No, <laughs> not, they're, they're, they're so struggling to like oh can we can we pay the printer you know, can, can we can we get more than 10 copies pr- published to this thing
2: no it's it's a very different journey and and you know look i've been really blessed on this journey i mean you know again it's it is that like i was very fortunate to have connected with will but if i hadn't built and spent years 10 years of like lugging comics to you know sweaty comic book shops or backyard parties or whatever and really building a network and a community and 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 that sort of blood, sweat and tears, that was my paying my dues, you know, and the dues of, you know, just being in Hollywood, understanding storytelling, um, you know, and then getting the shot. I mean, I had just come off of actually editing my first feature film, uh, Corbin Bernson directed it. And that was when I went right from editing a feature film right into doing Masters of the Sun. So, I mean, you know, storytelling is storytelling. And I think at the end of the day, you just, you know, find where you can learn and cut your teeth and tell those stories. And ultimately, the right avenue and output is going to be there for you when it when it when it arrives, you know, to tell that story that you need to tell.
1: Sure, sure. Okay, so one last question, then I'll toss it over to Justin. So okay, so Daredevil Echo wrapping up. Everybody wants to know what's
2: next? Well, you know, Justin knows. Um, actually, that's how Justin and I, it's funny, because we met on this podcast, and then we ended up working together. So we're doing an indie book right now. Um, you know, we're, we're doing a project called Planet Quest, uh, in the midst of that, just uh, wrapping up the first chapter right now. It's a five chapter graphic novel um, looking to run about like 90 pages. Uh, so it'll be a one shot story um, working on that. And got a pitch waiting in the wings, you know, CB. we've been you know me and Tav have been kind of playing ping pong phone tag you know, back and forth between travel, Black Eyed Peas on tour, CB running around, me, you know, traveling, like, so we we waiting on, you know, when we can all sort of be able to sit down, because uh, we've got a pitch. Um, I can't say much more than that, but a, a pitch for a story that'll connect a few of the characters that we have worked with in the past, uh, tie in some, some elements uh, that we've been playing with, as well as continue thematically um, in our vein of, you know, kind of horror storytelling that 80s, 90s, you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street you know, meets uh, uh, The Omen, whatever, like that, those wow. kinds of things, you know, some some really dark stuff. Um, I, I just, I, you know, Tab and I are, are kids of horror, you know, we love the carpenters, we love the, the you know, Cravens of the world. Um, and of course the Cronenberg's uh, and the Lynches. So I, I I like to <laughs> you know we like to marinate all these things and put them in a big stew. So uh, that's that's one of the projects. I've actually got a couple other indie books um, that I'm working on that are that are you know some fun pitches. Uh, and I don't want to talk too much about those at the moment. But um, but right now you know just. A lot of really cool stuff happening. Also an AI, again, I'm also deep in the tech space, um, working on an AI assisted uh, book that's kind of in the realm of Mad Magazine Cracked uh, with a good buddy of mine, Television, uh, who's a 3D artist and uh, you know tech guy as well. Um, so yeah, there you go. So keep an eye out for all that fun stuff.
1: That that is great stuff, Justin. Uh, I mean, I can't wait. I'm sure you've got some uh, input uh, on this project that the two of you
0: worked on as well. Yeah, no, there's so much cool stuff coming, and we're so excited. And Ben and I had a great time at Comic Con, where I got to pick his brain on on all this fun stuff. And uh, and and Ben's out there on all kinds of podcasts and talking at all kinds of events. So for people who like want more of him after the fact, you know, just look him up on LinkedIn, and I'm sure you'll see a billion uh links on there uh and, and ben will probably have a website for us for us as well but yeah so i mean yeah. like, sharing some of the excitement and stuff that it uh, inspired me from our conversations just to, uh, i think it'd be fun for the audience to hear more about just what's the difference of like writing in this medium versus writing uh that you've done elsewhere and just you know sharing some of that excitement that we went through with comic-con like what does it feel like
2: <laughs> you know Well, as a writer, I think, you know, and you probably can speak to this as well, Justin. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you kind of get struck with that idea that you feel like, okay, this is cool. And for me, it's always kicking the tires of an idea, throwing it to a lot of people and just seeing what people's reactions are, right? Especially when you're working in large IP like Marvel, Um, you know, you want to run it by your friends who are also fans. Because I think, you know, the difference between writing something like, you know, for instance, what we're doing with Planet Quest, you know, it's a little different because there's not that massive existing fandom, right? You can do something that you are able to be a little riskier with in some ways. Whereas with Marvel, you really have to service the fandom. People are going to love it or hate it. You know, it's funny. Uh, like I, I I read the reviews as one does for better and worse. And you know, it's funny. Cause like, but why though, this morning I read the review and it's like a four or five. It was like, They freaking loved it. They got it. I'm like, wow, you get it. And then I go over to comicbook.com and the same guy always reviews our stuff and always hates it. And literally wrote in the review, I ended up flipping the pages. And I was like, well, no wonder you didn't like it. Cause you're just, you're (laughs) not reading it as a holistic point of view. This is not the comics that Tab and I do, you know, that we've been doing with Marvel are very much like they're one shots. It's a meant to be read as a trade, right? So... The, the fun of writing these sorts of books is like, it's it very much fits my background as a filmmaker. I get to write a movie, right? And if you read Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man, it reads as a movie, it reads as a one sort of arc that is self-contained. You can read the trade in five issues, 110 pages. You've got a story, beginning, middle and end. And then we're out, right? It's not a sort of what Chip has been Zdarsky has been doing and an incredible job. And he just wrapped up in his third ever run. But Chip had like, what, I think two years of, you know, telling this massive Daredevil story with Electra and all this stuff. And, you know, and that's, that to me is the excitement. Like what I love is an idea strikes and it's like, Oh man, like I want to tell something like the Lord of the flies and I want to have kids and I want to have monsters and I want to have, and, 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 it, and it becomes like just pulling ideas. And then my process is, once I start marinating on that, right? Like once I start like kicking it around and maybe telling some people, pitching it to my son, seeing if he, you know, goes, Yeah, yeah that's cool. But now he's so into basketball, he doesn't care about Spider-Man. I don't know. <laughs> that's weird. No, <laughs> he still loves Spider-Man and But but you know, it's 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 fun to kind of like ping pong on those ideas, you know, and then I go to one sheet, right? And I my process is I take all that and I synthesize it into a one page. That basically leaves you as a hanger at the end of the one page, but sets you up for what the art can be. Because I always like to leave it open ended. I don't like coming in and building, you know, a a fundamentally, you know, what I would say flawed house because I'm building it without any other input. Because writing comics is a team effort. It always is a team effort. You know, whether it's obviously your editor, your artist. You know, in my case too, with Taboo, having a creative uh, partner who, you know, obviously has ideas and, and, you know, you want to make sure that it feels cohesive, um, that you both think it's cool, right? So that's always the process for me in particular. Um, If you are an artist or a writer that works with, you know, one other person, everyone's process is different. But I come up with that one page, I write like an opening scene, I always like my first five pages to kind of Sting right off the bat, right? So then you get thrown right into the comic and you're like, We're running, there's monsters, there's this, whatever. You know, Spider Man swinging across the deadly neighborhood, Daredevil swinging across New York. There's a lot of swinging involved, usually, or flying or something cool, you know, <laughs> some big, grand, epic moment. Um, you know, and then we start to get we go macro and then we get granular, right? That's how I always like to do it. Very big picture come into it now we're getting into the microcosm of this world these characters you know now i like to drop a character moment then i like to put my hook in once you've got the hook now on my one page it's like okay where does that hook take us and at the end i like to leave a little bit of a sort of a banger of this is where we're going it's very open-ended and then that that's what i present to the team to see you know where to cb or in a pitch um, you know, and that's how I work with, with the Marvel style, but I, that's kind of in general, how I work with any collaborative, uh, partner, you know, and I like to kind of give, Hey, this is where my head is. This is something fun and exciting. Obviously we're not, you know, we're, we're writing fun, exciting stuff, you know, like it's got to sing, it's got to have adventure and action. Um, and then building from there. And then, I mean, I, that, my writing process is a whole very different thing than, you know, I mean, I can get into how I break it and da da da. but, but the, that to me is the key. Get excited, figure out what your hook is, write it into one page. And now you have something to share with people because the biggest thing is, is getting it out of your freaking head. Like we keep, and and when you have something and and taking a cool piece of art, whether it's from Pinterest or now you've got amazing tools like mid journey or stable diffusion to spin up some really cool, just like, dreamed up out of your head artwork, whether you're blending images together or creating something completely from a generative text and then putting that in your one sheet. And that's what I do now. Like that's how I, I like to give you some sort of feel of an image, you know, that sits behind the text. And then you get to to kind of immerse yourself. So that's yeah. that's that's what gets me stoked. Sure.
0: Awesome. Sure. Yeah we're not talking too much about the Planet Quest stuff because uh no. we're not hiding uh Ben, the Earl. We uh, they haven't done like official announcements and stuff yet, so I imagine yeah. we'll have to wait. And then uh, maybe when that happens, we'll do a an everything uh, Planet Quest episode. Was that Ben?
2: I said I would love that. I'm so excited yeah. about Planet Quest because you know I've been holding off on really diving into the the fifth chapter because you know working with an artist, I always like to sort of go hand in hand as we develop chapter by chapter because a lot of times artists, you know. Have great ideas. Your colorist has great ideas. Sometimes even your letterer has incredible ideas. And I think, you know, the more that you can make it feel like it's a collaborative process, there's ownership across the team. Um, That I think is a great incentive when you're really doing a comic book versus doing a novel. You know, when you're doing a novel, it's really you and, you know, your editor and and maybe other collaborators. But comics are very much about a team effort. Um, You know, and it is like directing a film. You know, you're coming in as a director, this is the vision but hey that pa might have an incredible idea and that idea any great idea should be heard and i think that's you know uh very important so anyway i'm very excited about planet quest cuz chapter 5 after you know all the first work on chapter 1 um i just i just got chapter 5 out of my head and, and i i can't Sweet. wait to see it so you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> last, exciting uh, times
0: yeah last question on me for this then is um so working with us Galactic Entertainment, Planet Quest, versus working with Marvel or or whoever else, whomever else? Uh, do you see like big challenges, big differences? Do you, do you approach it in different ways or is it pretty much all the same?
2: I mean, you look, the biggest overall challenge is Marvel has an existing fandom, right? And it's an existing fandom that is fervent and has movies and has, you know, there's, there's already a massive IP around it. So you have to come in in some way With I don't don't want to say kids' gloves, but you definitely don't want to come in and break all the toys in the sandbox and then put them back broken, right? At the end of the day, when you're writing for Marvel, you're coming in and you're, you're really creating something that can exist, but you're putting the toys back in the sandbox for someone else to play with. And I'm not saying that that's different with Planet Quest, right? Where we're working with Galactic Entertainment and Planet Quest, we're building something brand new. So we're getting to be at that inception moment of like what Lee and Dicko and Kirby were doing when they were just like going, oh, this is a cool character. Let's make some cool stuff, you know? And we hope the fans like it, you know? This guy who's spidery and he climbs on walls and then all of a sudden spider Man. you know, not all of a sudden, but, but that's the thing, right? So, you know, it, there are different approaches. There's always gonna be different challenges. Um, but at the end of the day, and this is what I would say in any medium, you tell the best story that you can tell the story that you care about, that has meaning to you, that you get excited about in the morning and you go, man, I can't wait to get back to it. Right? Like, and that's what you should be doing, whether it's with planet quest and galactic entertainment, whether it's with Marvel, with DC, whatever world you're going to work with, or whether it's your own world. If you are going to get up and say, I'm going to build my own story and world today make sure that it's one that you are excited about and that you care about and that you really believe has your point of view because that's the difference between being an artist and being a technician, right? If you wanna go in as an artist, you wanna have a point of view and that's what's gonna separate the real artists and the real people that are gonna come into this world of art and creativity versus the people that now are ultimately potentially gonna be replaced with AI systems, right? There's going to be a lot of AI systems that are going to replace a lot of the mundane sort of machinery. And there's a lot of technicians out there, even in the creative arts. So my biggest, you know, kind of thing to leave us all with and, and you know, is really if you want to start a career in the arts and the storytelling, find, start your journey and find yourself. And that's going to be the thing that separates you from the technicians. And there's been a long time technicians have had jobs in this creative business, but that's going to go away within the next five to 10 years. And it's going to be a very different landscape we're going to be seeing in Hollywood and in creative in general, YouTube, all of it. You go where your audience is and your audiences are going to want to hear what you care about. And that's why they're going to gravitate to you.
0: Awesome. Paul, you got anything to take us toward the end here? Yeah, I got uh,
1: two more questions for you. So the first one is kind of like about the craft. So how would you compare writing like, you know, a five page story that's in the, you know, the collection of uh, stories in the comics as opposed to like a four issue limited series? I mean, cause you were talking about like creating that one sheet in the beginning. I mean, is that kind of what you do for both of them? And I guess with the four issue one, you have to really expand on it, but do you know, like, okay, I know how issue one, I know how each issue is going to end as opposed to like, you know, a five or a six page uh, story in a collection. I mean, how do they, how do they yeah. compare? And like, is, is one more challenging? I mean, so I, some people would say, Oh, it's a shorter story. So that's going to be easier. And sometimes it's no. like, no, this is actually a lot harder.
2: No, it's much harder. And, and, you know, look, most writers like to write. Right. I mean, once they start writing, they just it's, it's a lot, you know, there's and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's there's comics are in a lot of ways more comparative to poetry and film than they are to novels and, you know, other formats of, of textual, uh, you know, storytelling. Um, so, for instance, Edge of the Spider-Verse got to write a 10 page story. OK, cool. Well, a 10 page story still needs to have a beginning, middle and end. You need to leave your audience with something of satisfaction. And at the end of the day, you also want to give them something that's gonna go, I want more, right? And and I feel like, you know, we accomplished that in, in the Edge of the Spider-Verse. It was a dream spider story. Um, and for me, it was, okay, how do I give dream spider just a little adventure? Just a, a something that, but that little adventure sets up an entire journey. And it's about characters, right? So if you focus on characters, you're gonna have an opportunity to be able to figure out, well, how far do I wanna explore these characters? How far do I wanna take them? Because those characters are what are gonna ultimately dictate sort of that arc that you need to give them. So in Edge of the Spider-Verse, really quickly, it was, again, I always start with one page, whether it's a four issue, a five issue, Deadly Neighbor was a five issue, that's the initial inception once that gets accepted right in this case of marvel once that gets a green light to say we love this this is a great story let's let's go explore that further that's when i then go into a five to potentially ten page treatment that really beats out what happens in the the issues as well as the arcs it doesn't get too deep into the weeds of each issue but it sort of gives a general overall about what, what that issue looks like right so, you know, and then I go to my next process and that's really beat board. This has to happen in issue one, issue two, issue three, issue four, right? And this is the banger. This is what hangs us on each ending. And mm-hmm. then this is how they all weave together. And then, you know, my process again, it's, it's really about macrocosm, microcosm, right? We get very big, broad stroke, throw some paint on the canvas and then start getting into what, do I, what am I seeing? You know, does that look like a horse? Cool. Because for me as a writer, it's a discoverative process. You know, it's always discovery. It's always, you know, uh, looking inward and looking outward. And I think, you know, process wise, you know, it was funny. I just read this like quote from Greta Gerwig saying, oh, you know, as a writer, you need to feel this. Is, and I don't agree with that. I think you feeling is great, but you need to listen. And I think that's what it comes down to, whether it's listening to the people around you and then also making your own choices from that listening, right? Like knowing, but I think when you really are in a flow state, very bro techie word, right? But you really are listening to a source and, and I can, you know, that's a whole other esoteric journey about consciousness and everything like that. And, you know, I think people are, you know, looking to explore what does consciousness mean? But I think, you know, for us as a collective of humans, you know, we're always tapping into something a little bit bigger, and 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 you know, as artists, you're really you know, kind of opening your mind in a way that not your the everyday person does, and that's where your training comes from. That's where your everyday your ten thousand hours is not sitting there and just constantly writing and just you know putting stuff out right it's about listening, and I think that key you can listen and then you can communicate it in a way that is one, the brevity of the one page saying, this is exciting. This is what I just listened to. I heard this, I saw this, I envisioned this, right? And now, now I want to get into it. Now I just saw the trailer. Well, what does that look like? Let's get a little deeper. So that's kind of my sort of creative process. You know, it's kind of very macro, big broad strokes because you got to get something out and then getting into the weeds of it And, and never never letting yourself get in your own way that is the worst thing because you know we all do it i do it you know you become your own worst enemy when you start editing yourself to death and overthinking things like learn to just trust your instincts trust your gut put it out there you know and it'll it'll it's it that's the magic of storytelling
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's great stuff okay so last question okay you talked a lot about marvel so you get a call from DC. And they say, "Okay, we want you to write on write a you know four issue limited series, but it can't be any well known character. Do you Ooh, have someone, do you have a character that you would want to do, or if you know, or if you had your choice, who would it be?"
2: Um, you know that's that's a really good question because I mean DC wasn't you know DC's always been the gods, and they're you know deep diving into like what characters. Um, I think you know. Look, Joker has always been my favorite character, for all you know. Right, but that's a really well-known character. So, sure. and so many people have taken their their, their crack at Joker, and you know. Um, but for me, I think you know what I would look at being. I would love to write a villain. I think Black Manta is an interesting one, and I think Black Manta. You know, I recently found out that Black Manta supposedly, you know, is is autistic. And and they really you know like it was sort of hinted at, and then it became out you know that Black Manta. That's where a lot of his sort of character comes from, and how he acts, and and you know, and and my you know without getting into it, like I've family that are in in that spectrum of things, and you know, it's 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 an interesting space to explore. And I think writing a villain, but not from a villain sort of point of view writing it from a human point of view and writing Black Manta from that point of view and writing it from how he sees the world and, and his why, um, that to me would be interesting. So, yeah.
1: That's great. I mean, you because you, you never know who you're going to pick.
2: <laughs> no, you never but, know. I mean, that, yeah. I wasn't expecting that question. So that was I've... definitely like, you know, <laughs> like I just had to pull that one out. Like yeah. I hadn't really thought that much about it, but yeah that that's who i would find interesting
1: but okay well now that the wheels are turning that's a perfect time to thank you for being on the show today
2: (laughs) no thank you guys so much i really appreciate it i uh i love to have the ability to talk about the craft and and you know relate the journey and you know hopefully inspire other people to just get there out there and just make it go make your one sheets write up your stuff get excited You know, create cool stuff and have a point of view and know why you're trying to tell that story, why you are telling that story, because I think, you know, we're in a very interesting time where dreaming up ideas through generative text is going to become something that is, you know, a lot more commonplace and how you can create this and And your ideas are not, you know, that's the copyrightable stuff. Your ideas are not able to be compromised by an AI. Your vision and your perception of the world, um, that's the thing that's going to be the secret sauce. Excellent. Uh, We know Ben has
0: to run. So, Ben, before you go, is there any way you want people to get in touch with you, websites, what have you?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm obviously LinkedIn, um, B-E-R-O on LinkedIn. Uh, You can find me there. Uh, I am B-E-R-O. No, wait. I am BRL.com is my website. So, you know, more on the tech side of things speaking. Uh, I'm actually, I think uh, I'll be over in Europe speaking and waiting to hear about that in November. So for all the European folks, uh, I might, I I'm talking with Met Ams about speaking there. Um, and then I've got writer, uh, B Earl writer on Instagram. I think it's b.earlwriter dot Earl writer on Instagram and B Earl writer or B underscore writer uh, on uh, Twitter. So I don't really use Twitter too much or whatever it's called now, X. I'll be honest. I didn't even download the update because I don't want an X in my apps. I just don't. To me, it looks stupid and ugly. So (laughs) whatever. (laughs) That's my point of view. Uh, Trying hard, that guy. Anyway. (laughs) Cool. So, yeah.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Go check out all the year old's work. And we got some new comics that just hit uh, by the time this episode airs a week ago or so. But uh, Daredevil and Echo and all the cool Spider-Man stuff that you've been doing and lots of goodies. Yeah. So and soon some Planet Quest stuff. I don't know what soon means yet, but soon
2: yeah, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we're working away. It's 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 a really exciting story. And I think you know it's one of those things where when it comes out, it's gonna be it's gonna be right. It'll be baked. The cookies will be baked, and you're gonna <laughs> love the cookies. So get ready exactly. for those
0: cookies. <laughs> there you go. And uh, listener, if you could also leave reviews for our show and spread the word of mouth, that's always appreciated. Uh, Once again, uh, I'm Justin. You can find my books on Amazon.
1: And I'm Paul Zad. You can check out my screenwriting blog, MaximumZ.blog. I'm also got my books on Amazon as well. Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at Maximum underscore Z. I'm also on uh, Instagram at Pez screenwriting, P-E-Z, screenwriting, screenwriting. Like you said, he's Justin, he's Ben, I'm Paul. This has been the Creative Writing Life podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, go write something.